Hello, friends. Another day, another episode of Girl Eats World. I made it. I'm back. There was a, an unintentional break while I got some other things in my life together. It's funny, this podcast has actually helped me quite a bit listening to my own advice. I um, Last episode, we talked about fear, and I hit on so many different subjects. Um, a lot of them came from you guys sharing your biggest fears with me, and in my attempt to reflect on those subjects and offer my my experience and my insights on them, I, uh, I inadvertently help myself. I mean, obviously, this is all meant to be helpful to everybody, myself included, but I didn't expect, as I listened to the episode a few times over to put together some, you know, to put together the video and all that, that the words would seep in and I would actually have a shift in mindset. It's, it was, it, it was an interesting phenomenon. I mean, the voice is the same. It's mine. It's the one that's in my head. Um, but I guess when that same voice is now made external and I'm talking to people, I'm addressing people. It took on a different life. Um, and yeah, I, I wish I could really root it in in exactly what what the shift was like. I just felt different after listening to my words and hearing myself say things about why we are f- afraid of things and what how we can look at our fears and use them um, as opportunities to to become better, you know, seeing them as just inevitable instinctual things that we can train ourselves past the fear and learn how to um, adapt to to that to that initial instinctual reaction to things that we're afraid of and grow. I was really just riffing off the top of my head and thinking through things the way I would for anybody else. And uh, yeah, so it was really helpful. Um, I'm, you know, it, it mostly has to do with my own, you know, really personal life, um, a shift in mindset regarding that and my personal relationships, how I set boundaries in some areas, how I see myself um, and my own value. Um, you know, I always talk about not being too apologetic and taking up space. I mean, this whole podcast is about that, is about claiming my space um, that I can, that I should feel entitled to. Entitled feels like such a negative word word these days, but that's the only thing that comes to mind right now. But um, even though I would express that and say, you know, don't be overly apologetic. I am very much um, a a reactionary, like apologetic person. I'll say I'm sorry, or I'll apologize for my presence all the time. And I'm chipping away at that a whole, a whole lot lately, more significantly now than ever before, I feel like. So that's part of that shift in mindset. Um, and also, you know, just with my own uh, career and what I want to do and all that, things have been, you know, the wheels have been turning. Things are coming together. I'm 
figuring out who I am and what I have to offer. It's pretty cool, guys. So if nobody listens to this podcast, that's okay, because I've benefited from it tenfold, even more than I had ever expected to. Um, so thanks, Tina. You're, you're pretty cool. You're not bad. You're not bad. I wanted to talk about joy today. Uh, the last few episodes we've talked about, I mean, everything has sort of reflected the ebbs and flows of my own life. Obviously, these topics are inspired from somewhere and they have to do with what I'm going through um, because I have a experience that is most immediate and related to whatever the topic is. So the first episode we talked about, first episode, is that what I just said? Episode. I need to take a deep breath for a second. Hang on. It's like I felt like my voice was like up in the in the middle of my chest instead of relaxed into my diaphragm. So the first episode talked about um, breakthroughs and I was having my own breakthrough, realizing I need to do this podcast. It just that I don't know why I've been sitting on it. Second episode, we talked to my sister, so that was that was really cool. Last week, we talked about fear. Today, I want to talk about joy. When I decided I wanted to talk about this originally, it just seemed a natural subject juxtaposed next to um, fear, right? Just as like a a contrast to flip the script a little bit, but it actually follows my own like I, I've, I called it before, ebbs and flows. It's kind of crazy. I've been feeling really great. Somebody told me the other day that my podcast helps them fall asleep really easily. I'm not even mad at that. That's great. I actually should probably pull that out as a, as a, a value out of listening to my podcast. Keeps you company in traffic, uh, gets you through your afternoon slump at the office, also helps you fall asleep, shuts your mind off so that you can go get some rest and fall asleep easy. That That's great. I think that's wonderful. That's how I use some podcasts myself. Um, so I don't hate it. Any way I could be of service, I am here for you guys. So what have I been up to lately? Um, let's see. There's been a lot of fun. I can't believe it's mid-May already, by the way. This this year is already flying by a little too quickly for my for my taste, uh, but we'll we'll make it work. Um, I uh, actually I was in a little bit of a um, not uh, how do I put this? I don't want it to sound negative because I was just super low energy last week. You know, it's just the premenstrual blues. That's all. And I and I all I wanted to do was sleep, honestly. Like I felt like I felt like I was moving through molasses. It was crazy. Um but despite all that, I've had just such a shift in attitude. It's crazy. I uh I don't know. And I think oh God, I don't know if I believe in um astrological you know, effects on your your life and your personality and your your um the things your the occurrences around you but i definitely 
feel like every year around this time leading into summer, summer is like my season. I feel like that's when things start happening. Winter is a little bit sad. Winter is a little bit rough. It's a it's almost like a, a an emotional and mental hibernation and then I spring out of that literally spring into spring with new zest. Um, and just in time too, because I, I need to figure something out and, and start getting some revenue streams, you know what I'm saying? So what have I been up to lately? Um, God, I don't think it's been that much time between episodes, but it feels like it's been a month. I knew going into this, talking about joy, this episode would be short because I don't know how to speak and expound upon the subject at length. Joy is pretty simple. That's why when we're happy and uh, things are going really well, you don't really feel the need to to decompress and be introspective and, and reflect on why things are the way they are and all that stuff. It's kind of, it's a, it's a little simplistic, right? You just are happy um, and that's it. So... I knew choosing this as a subject would be risky because I don't, you know, but that's fine because my last few episodes have been like three hours long and y'all don't got time for that. So, you know, that's why, that's why I recommend you use the podcast to fall asleep because (laughs) I can lull you to sleep. Maybe I should just talk like this for the rest of the episode and do, um, this is not quite ASMR. This is just me speaking quietly, but hey, what if I started doing that instead? I'm, I know some of you would really enjoy it. I use I use ASMR to fall asleep sometimes, especially when my brain just won't shut off. Um, but uh, let's see, what else, what else has been getting my, my joy levels up lately? I went to Seattle to visit some friends for um, my friend Varsha's 40th birthday earlier this month and it was a lot of fun. I I'm uh happy to to have moved and and changed things up a bit, but I do miss everybody and just having that community and that circle of friends um to, you know, spontaneously meet up and have drinks and tell stories and and laugh all day. But uh yeah, I mean, speaking of joy, so there's that. I did a lot of singing for karaoke I mean I feel like I I was back in my 20s or something I got really wasted and got sick and rallied like a champ I never used to do that in my mid-20s and somehow I found it and you know why it's because of karaoke I had to make sure my ass was up and and really participating (laughs) I mean I was really classy. We were at a winery and I lost my body. Like I lost my, not my body. My body was there. I lost my mind. My mind left my body. And I guess I just started laying down on, on the outdoor, the patio furniture. Not, not the best look for a lady in her mid thirties, but I, I hardly remember doing that. I just, I just remember feeling quite dizzy, quite dizzy and uh, my good friends took me to the bathroom and I tried to get my stuff together and then got sent home to my hotel. 
let some things go, threw up a little bit. That's okay. That's what we need to do. Get the demons out. And I passed out face down. I had a face full of makeup. Passed out face down on the bed because I was so fucking dizzy. And uh, it was sunset by then. And I woke up with a start probably two hours later, maybe. I'm estimating hour and a half. Looked at the clock and and got my shit together in five seconds. I swear to God. I looked at the clock. It was 11. And I got my friend to wake up. because She had fallen asleep as well. We got our shoes on. I didn't even brush my teeth. Check my hair. Fix my makeup. Whatever. I did a cursory look. Got my shoes on. Got out the door. We called a lift. I looked at my lift ride history <laughs> later on. And we were in the lift by 11.11. That is a record. That is an, a fucking record. And I'm sadly proud of that. That's one of my most uh, recent accomplishments is managing to do that because that's how important karaoke is to me. And Varsha and karaoke and I and karaoke, we, it's, it's all, I can't, I can't even express in words the level of joy that all that brings me. Um, so, you know, she rented the big room and I sang my heart out. I tried a couple new songs this time and, you know, my singing voice is hit or miss when there's a lot of people screaming. So I've been singing karaoke my entire life and whether or not I can hold a tune depends on the song, depends on the key, depends on, uh, the time of the month. (laughs) And, uh, when you're in a room with people and everybody screams sings while you're singing, it's meant to be fun like that. Like, like it's, it's supposed to be, you're supposed to be okay with it. But I actually kind of get super annoyed because it is so loud and everyone is screaming. And, you know, some of my friends are fucking tone deaf. And when they're screaming in your ear in a key that you don't even know what universe it's in, it's really hard to sing. <laughs> so... I had a great moment and, and felt like I redeemed myself. Even Varsha said that I, I, my voice has improved since I, since I moved. It, that's not really the case. She's just never seen me sing where I'm the only one on the mic and I can actually hear myself. Um, so that was what was going on. So I tried some new songs. And this is actually pretty embarrassing to admit. But I that morning, knowing that we were going to be singing later, I uh, was at my hotel in bed after the shower just like, you know, being lazy and looking up videos, karaoke videos on YouTube so that I can practice some songs or just get a feel for some new stuff, you know, because I always sing the same things because they bring me so much joy. Um, But I wanted to try some new stuff. So what did I sing? I sang, I mean, a couple classics. Classics is in classics for me. I always sing Torn by Natalie Imbruglia. That's that's usually my go-to warm-up. And uh, Little Mermaid made in it, a Part of Your World, or whatever the actual title is called. Um, let's see, what else was my, kind of my standard, a little K- Kelly Clarkson. Although, I don't really, heart, Heartbeat Song, is that what it's called? I don't know why I always choose that. It's, I think it's because my friend Lee, who's also another karaoke freak, just like me, um, whenever we go to karaoke together, he chooses that song. And so there's like a feel-good kind of... Um, kind of ritual feel to it I don't really like singing it that much because I can't really hit some of the notes that cleanly but I decided to sing oh excuse me 
I decided to sing Lady Gaga, Shallow. I actually don't like that song at all. It's a, it's kind of a weird song. If you really um, kind of look at how it goes, like from really subdued to like screaming at the top of your lungs, and it's really short, and the guy's verse trails off really randomly. Like I, it's it's a really kind of a overly melodramatic song, but it's super easy to sing. Super easy for me because um, it's just right in the right key or something. I don't know. I don't know what makes songs easy for me, but uh, yeah. And so it's also another crowning achievement of mine to have come back from the dead and then show up at karaoke and nail the notes to the song that I'd never sung before in public. So that was pretty cool. Um, yeah. So karaoke brings me a lot of joy. When I grew up, my dad, I mean, it's, it's pretty stereotypical, right? Asians love karaoke. I don't know where that comes from. I don't know. Or like I'd, not karaoke itself, but just why is it that we love karaoke so much? It's admirable how in a lot of Asian cultures, um, I'm trying to think of an Asian culture that doesn't like karaoke. I mean, you got Vietnamese people, obviously, Filipinos are amazing singers, it seems like. Um, Koreans, Japanese, obviously. I mean, who doesn't like karaoke? I've always admired those people who go up in a public karaoke space and sing their hearts out. I've been in random Vietnamese restaurants where, you know, Uncle What's-His-Face goes up there and sings his favorite song. And it is like the worst singing ever and nobody bats an eye. It's like everybody allows other people to just express themselves however they see fit in song form it's incredible um and really you should apply that that uh, approach that principle across every every aspect of your life so i i think i'm gonna try to own that too like karaoke as a metaphor you know my dad I don't know why he's always dreamed of being a performer. It's, there's something about music. He's not even, he's an okay singer and he always goes out of pocket. He sings, he tries to be like improvisational and he and he ends up just sounding a mess sometimes. Um, sorry, dad. I love you. Happy birthday, by the way. It was his birthday the other day. Uh, but yeah, he's always found so much joy singing. So, um, growing up, I was pretty shy and never really sang that much. And I've since gone the complete opposite direction and, and love it. But he used to start Saturdays, start the weekend with a little karaoke and not just like he's just singing to himself and there's some music playing. No, he's cranked up his sound system and got his, his, shit on proper and he's singing like at the top of his lungs as if it is you know two in the morning at an after hours party or something like it it is he is so passionate about it um and it's infectious I didn't well the idea of it is infectious I don't think I was too stoked as a teenager trying to sleep in on a Saturday morning and hearing my dad sing yet again Unchained Melody and completely out of pocket. Like, 
so out of pocket. He does this thing where he'll sing a lyric before the 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 part of the music for the those lyrics actually happen. Like he's ahead of the music by half a bar, enough for it to be completely disorienting. But that's that's his style. That's his vibe. Speaking of Unchained Melody, I feel like I should do that song one day because that's that's very got a lot of nostalgia connected to it. Um, yeah, I could talk about karaoke a lot and you guys would not give a shit because I don't know. That's another thing about joy, right? It's very specific to the individual. You could be so enamored with the subject and reliving all these things that make you happy about whatever it is and you're living in your mind. Meanwhile, all the senses are lacking and missing for the person listening. And so they're just like, okay, cool. Real happy for you. Wish I had been there. That's nice. Um, hanging out with friends. Spending time with friends is really an obvious one, too. There, God, there's just something about telling stories with each other and laughing hysterically at yourselves. It's just the best I had such a great time um, in Seattle meeting up with people and just sitting and catching up. It is, you know, and, and particularly with like people who've got really great lives and they're just kind of doing the damn thing. I'm so proud of everybody. Everybody. Everybody's doing so well. What else has brought me joy lately? You know, part of my mind shift lately is is due to... I actually it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if it's because of my the change in the way that I eat on a day to day like I've adhered to a pretty healthy uh diet I hate the word diet but that's to describe the food that I'm eating I'm not like depriving myself or anything but uh just eating really um making good choices making better choices consistently than I ever have before you know, I would I would go for stretches of stretches of time where I would eat pretty clean, um, and then I would have cravings that would strike, or I'd be really lazy. Um, but I haven't really had that problem lately, and so I would imagine eating better and just feeling better has a lot of positive effects on your mental health and um, your mental outlook. So, as an extension of that, you know, I have really felt good about my body. I haven't really, you know, before I um, started eating more healthily, I definitely was in a bad place. Stress last year really affected my physical health. I gained a lot of weight really rapidly and I was really, um, I felt really inflamed. And even if I don't look that much different to some people. On the inside, I feel completely just, I feel completely changed. I mean, I was like swollen in the face. I was starting to develop a little bit of uh, a double chin. And uh, even my nose seemed a little bit rounder. And I just felt overall just there was something wrong. And I worked really hard to undo that. Um, and I just feel really good. So I had a target when... I embarked on this goal of mine. I had a target of losing like 20, 25 pounds because that's how much I had put on in the last uh, year and a half. 
which is so much on a small body and a small frame. But, you know, I've lost only 10 and I feel really fantastic. It's for the first time, I don't really care that much about how my body looks because I'm pretty I'm stoked on how I feel. But also, I think, you know, what I thought was imperfect before, I actually find pretty cute now. It is weird how that happens. It's not like I intentionally chose to feel that way because I think body image issues for for women in particular, it's it is so internalized because you get all these images and you know, we're visual creatures. We like seeing pretty things and whatever has been deemed pretty and beautiful. You know, the, I mean, the standard shifts all the time, but generally speaking, we all kind of share opinions on what is considered beautiful. Granted, the, de- the definition for what beautiful is should be and is, I think, a lot wider and more generous than maybe what mainstream media will will tell you but whatever whatever scale you're working with or whatever however you look at beauty you know you always want obviously want to look at yourself and actually you know see that you're fitting under those standards um and that was a tangent I have no idea what I was my point was I was trying to make it's not like we want to feel that way about ourselves and look upon our own bodies with scrutiny, but it's just a knee jerk. It's just, it's just a reaction because over time we've had so many images thrown at us um, to shape our view on what is beautiful. Granted, the definition of what is beautiful, I think, is actually quite generous um, across the board, but mainstream media, the ones that dictate kind of the the standard of our time anyway has a has a relatively narrow view um and that seeps in and you can't help but you know it's like one of these things is not like the other it's like you you see your body and you see those images you kind of you want to try to line those up um even if you know better even if like like that actress who's big on calling out um, influencers and celebrities for promoting slimming teas, detoxing teas or diarrhea teas or whatever she calls them. I think the loudest people, and I'm not, this is not, this is not a, a, um, dig on her at all. This is just like, this is how I, I am. And this is how a lot of people are. And I think the work that she's doing is great, but quite often the people who are the loudest, um, advocates and the loudest activists for for a certain cause do so because they are really affected by it so I'm sure she really struggles with her own body image and I mean just like what I'm doing like I'm I really struggle at times with my life so I'm trying to help other people by talking about my stuff she's doing the same thing I mean I think Jamila 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 is her name I'm sure even she has to tell herself. She has to choose to see herself a certain way, you know, and believe it and constantly repeat it. I mean, 
no no thoughts that we have like whatever thoughts you have they're automatic they aren't irreversible they aren't they aren't not changeable right they are changeable it just is a matter of training how you think so you have to choose to see yourself a certain way and have positive self-talk and remind yourself of certain things in order to I always have to burp so much when I'm doing the fucking podcast. Why is that? Like there, there's no other time that I burp this much. Is this just all the air that I'm trying to take in? And then it's just creating some, some problems or something because it's really annoying. (laughs) I know I seem worked up and irritated, whatever. I'm not, I'm just trying to be silly. (laughs) Or I am silly. I'm fucking weird. I'm fucking weird. The last three episodes have been pretty serious. I'm actually a fucking weirdo. And this is me, guys. Take it or leave it. Um, but I was talking about Jamila and how she, even she probably has to really work at that positive self-talk because it is so easy to fall into kind of the negative, the scrutiny, because you just want to be your best. Granted, we all measure that in different ways and whether or not we should measure how we look you know, as something, it's, it's still, it's still something that we do, you know, we evaluate everything that we do and how we are, um, and you can't help it, but pick and choose what is actually going to be impactful positively or negatively, um, and I don't think it's all bad when you want to improve the way you look, I mean, I like looking pretty, we all, we all do, um, but, like I mentioned before, beauty, the definition of beauty of beauty can be very generous. And when I say I want to look pretty and I'm, you know, want my body to look to look good to me, it doesn't mean that I want to be like a tiny size and um, you know, all that or like I can't that that beautiful means like x y and z. It could mean a lot of things. Um, I'm rambling now. But yeah, I've been loving my body lately. It's really weird. Belly included. That's the one part of my body that's like a love-hate thing. I'm sure I'm sure if we talk in a month, I'll probably not feel the same way about things. But I've been feeling good lately. Um I guess because I have like I have like a lot of extra weight around my waist. No matter what size I've been or how much weight I have on me, it's always been there. It's just like that's my body shape. It's almost like I should have been a little bit taller and like stretched myself out a little bit. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm embracing it. I'm embracing my f- flat booty and my my little my little panda belly. <laughs> Pandas are hella cute, you know. I have a few other things that bring me joy that I decided to put on a list. I'm sure there's a lot more. There's got to be a lot more, but it's it's easy to forget what brings you joy until it happens to you. And then you remember, oh my God, this is amazing. This is the best thing ever. How could I forget? At least it happens to me all the time, all the time. It's like I, not that I live in a dark, morose world or anything it's just you know you get preoccupied with whatever's going on in the moment and you don't linger on the things that uh that aren't happening or you try not to I try not to but yeah anyway so I've been kind of 
offline sort of not as active on social media lately not that that brings me joy it's it is what it is i don't have a a a deep hatred of social media or anything like that it's just sometimes you feel like sharing stuff sometimes you don't um how you feel about it is a choice and i just haven't really had a whole lot to share um even when i was in seattle and things were actually that's another thing it's like when things are going really well and you're really happy it's like you don't really stop you don't want to stop to capture it necessarily because you don't even realize you need to you just kind of keep on keeping on but um i've been working on a lot of, on a lot of stuff the last week just like my personal like portfolio site and um starting like my freelancing work and stuff like that and I was having trouble because like I said I I've been in my premenstrual blues and uh that just means for me like a lot of fatigue and mental fog and I can't get out of it it's really hard like I was struggling to write just sentences paragraphs that make sense and sound intelligent or that that read intelligibly and intelligently I I just wasn't there um and I forgot my secret sauce when it comes to just getting in the work groove and that is reggaeton okay baila reggaeton on uh Spotify that's the music list I recommend it very strongly as soon as that music is on and I have my headphones on and the music is cranked up just enough, not too loud, because we want to make sure our ears stay healthy. Um, that just puts me in a groove. I I love like mid-tempo beats and, you know, there's like lush lo-fi, focus flow, all those lists on Spotify uh, are great, wonderful. I love it. But I've been I had been listening to those and wondering why I couldn't get my 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 mojo going. Because, you know, you would think that it would because this, the fucking playlist is called Focus Flow, for God's sake. But no, I was struggling. And I'm not going to attribute 100% to the music, but it helps so much. It's like the beat is up and, and it's fun. Um, but I don't really speak the language, so I don't get distracted. So I guess that's what's going on. But, you know, I'll be, I'll be working and I'll be grooving. It's great. So I strongly recommend it, especially if... You know, sometimes I get tired of listening to podcasts too. Like you need a break, right? There's like music. I, I get really deep into music for a period of time and then I can't stand music anymore. Not that I can't stand it, but like I, I need something else. So I listen to podcasts and then I get tired of podcasts and I listen to music. So it's it's like shifting stimuli. So if you need a shift from listening to podcasts and your afternoon slump and you can't figure out how to get yourself going again, strongly recommend, especially if you like to dance, buy the reggaeton um, for that good, good productive energy. What else brings me joy? Other people and watching them experience joy fills me with a whole lot, a whole lot of joy. Like, you know, and especially if you're able to contribute to that or you've created the conditions in which they can experience this joy. It's amazing. That's that. Yep. <laughs> Actually, that's something that's something to unpack. I am better at um helping other people, you know, experience those positive feelings, that joy, that all that. And uh it's harder 
for me to create the conditions for myself. So like, for example, when I'm in a relationship, I care. It's not like I've made a choice to care about myself less and I care about the other person more. It's more like, it's more like I, I care about other people and I just want to make them happy um, because I love seeing their happiness and that gives me happiness. So that's something I have to be careful with because it does have the effect sometimes when you um, go about life like that. You know, there's no isolated situations. However you behave in one situation tends to mirror how you, you know, behave um, in other scenarios. So I just found myself losing who I am because I was always worried about how the other person is feeling. Yeah, I and it's that's taken a long time to acknowledge it in a way and um accept or or maybe not accept that it it's a reflection of of me devaluing myself. It's not that absolute. It's not like okay, 100% I'm doing that because I hate myself. No. I mean, we all have insecurities or whatever. I actually love myself quite a bit. I wouldn't change anything for the world. Like I look at other people sometimes and I'm like, "Man, like they're great and everything, but I am so happy to be who I am." So, it's not like I I wish anything else for myself. It's just that I just think of other people first. And lately I've been trying to figure out the balance or maybe even shift it in in my direction a little bit more, you know, instead of doing a lot of self-sacrifice, which I tend to do, it's like, oh, you know, I'm trying, I'm struggling to come up with an example, but like if we were coming up with plans or, oh, let's, yeah, we're making plans to go out to eat, me and a group of friends and um, I'm in the mood for something, like my craving is strong, right? Nachos, let's just say, because I love me some nachos. I will probably, I will most likely make sure that we choose a place that everybody wants to go to. Like, let's say it ends up being sushi, all right? That's completely the opposite of what I wanted to do. And it's probably going to be really expensive. And it's not, it doesn't satisfy the same craving that I have, you know, with nachos. But if everybody else wants to go there, I would rather go there and I will find something I want to eat. Because I, I like to eat whatever. But I... I will always sacrifice my own interests to a great degree for the good of the group. And at some point, you gotta step in there and be like, actually, I'm here too, and I also deserve to feel a certain way. So that's something I've been making deliberate choices about, is um, asserting myself and not being like apologetic in that way um not that I'm being apologetic but you know what I mean you're taking a position in which you are putting other people's needs and interests above yours so no more of that or at least 50 50 or you know if I really want something just do it just go for it like who cares and that might even be my seasonal attitude change. <laughs> Winter me would not be saying this stuff, but spring me is ready to get you. I am going to express myself and be completely 
honest with people. I, like, yeah, it's that's that's part of the shift in mindset, too, is that I do not want to please anybody else but myself anymore. It's, okay, so it's not just not, not just about pleasing, but it's also about how I'm evaluating my skill sets um, and my abilities. I'm probably rambling at this point. Like I'm going all over the place because I've, I'm in my head all day and uh, not in a bad way. I'm just obviously by myself. So I'm in my head thinking about things. And um, I, you know, I'm trying to figure out what's what my next career steps are, what I'm doing with myself. And I've been finding, I'm coming across a lot of really f- smart people doing cool shit. And I'm just like, damn, instead of, I mean, obviously I go, that's badass. Like this person, I'm going to follow this person because they're doing some cool stuff. But also like, damn, how come I am not that creative? Or how come I didn't come up with that? Like that, that is so genius. And, you know, I, I get, I get, I identify as a creative person, but I get a lot of um, mental blocks. I get creative blocks all the time. Like if you were to ask me to go in a room and brainstorm some stuff with you, it's like, it's like I have no ideas at all. It's really weird. It's it's actually not very it's not very good. I I hate that because I I work in a creative field and you know the it's called upon all the time and when I need to, you know, show that I have the the ability to ideate idea eight ideate. I fucking hate that word. It's such a like a, a buzzy like a like a um, what do you call it? Like a corporate buzzword, but yeah, I have a hard time doing that. But when it comes to execution though, like, you know, I got you, we will figure it out. We'll do some cool stuff. Um, but yeah, just trying to stop another deliberate choice. Okay. That's my point. Another deliberate choice I'm trying to make is not automatically going to, Oh, why didn't I think of that? It's, you know, just and just being like, oh man, that person is brilliant. Cool, I'm gonna follow them. Instead of looking at all the ways that I went wrong and uh, could have done better or should have done better, I'm doing what I'm doing. This is me. Oh, you know, <laughs> I had it in my mind to talk about hiking. So I grew up in the Pacific Northwest, and it, it doesn't mean that you have to like that other people don't like to hike, but. Pacific Northwesterners love to hike like that is if you don't like to hike and you grew up there or you live there then what are you doing that's the kind of thing it's not that I don't like hiking I grew up camping like we would camp all the time and hike and all that and I love I love doing it but it doesn't really excite me the way some people get so excited like you know the the like going hiking on on a weekday um you know at lunch or backpacking or or like jumping in on the REI annual sale and getting you know cheap um uh tents and stuff and like making plans to hike 8 miles to beautiful lakes and camp out there um and then hike back like i don't my you know my friend raf hikes with like props and stuff to take pictures for the gram. And it's, there's no part of me that wants to do that. Like I've accepted that 
I'm a bougie bitch. I love lounging on the beach, being served endless cocktails. I love sitting with my friends at um a you know like a winery, wine tasting and eating snacks. I love going to the movies and and digging into that big old bucket of popcorn. I love ooh I love going to Disneyland. I haven't gone in a long time, but some of the happiest moments of my life were all, you know, real real commercial, real uh basic, really f- fancy, leisurely. And that's another thing. Oh my god, this actually ties in a little bit is that I I used to feel bad about that and like want to front like I love to travel and I want to go and explore all this you know, culture and um, walk along unbeaten paths and, you know, go where not like a lot of tourists go and stuff like that. And granted, I want, I don't, I'm not big on tourist traps, but I'm also not going to venture off into where real people live um, and, and like take pictures of them for my own benefit and whatever. And it's an interesting subject, right? The idea of travel and vacations. I like vacations and I do like to travel and I would love to learn about other cultures, but a lot of it feels a little bit exploitive. It's, you know, if you didn't take pictures of it, would it, did it happen? You know, people going to Africa and finding themselves, um, and then coming back and then talking about it. like it it just seems kind of gross because it's like no amount of time that you spend in any place that um that you typically think of when you think of like people who love to travel and like immerse themselves in culture it tends to be and that's mostly because a lot of countries are developing you know there's the first world is small in comparison um but yeah you go to those places and you experience different things it's like you just want to be able to say that you did all that, but there's no amount of time that you spend in those areas. It's going to remove your privilege and remove all that you get to benefit from. So as much as it's important to learn about different people and how they live, you never really can learn. Um, so I have a weird existential or philosophical debate all the time yeah like I I I debate about it all the time in my head especially when I'm trying to make plans or that I'm thinking about traveling um and then I go through my typical analysis of like why I like to do the things that I do uh it's like I feel like I'm supposed to say I want to go to Nepal and hike up Mount Everest well you don't hike up Mount Everest but you know I'm just trying to like pull things out of my ass but like I there's no part of me no part of me that wants to do that it's great for people who want to do that that's awesome good for you you want to suffer through the same things that they said I I understand that they suffer life is hard in a lot of places but do I need to you know, if I don't if I don't have a research purpose, if I don't have a purpose where I'm like contributing to 
collective knowledge about a place. Like I'm not shooting a documentary. I'm not amplifying my experience. And that's delicate. It's like how much of it is exploitive and you're trying to capitalize on on uh, that kind of uh, social justice currency, I guess. Um, and how much of it is actually you're trying to help people and you are helping people. So unless you're actually researching, unless you're actually volunteering, unless you're actually doing something that's meant to help the place, uh, I feel like, and this is just my opinion, so ignore it if you, if you just so desire, but you should just stay the fuck out of all those places. And another caveat would be, obviously, if you have family. Like, I have family in Vietnam. I think their lives are better now. But once upon a time when I visited them, a lot of them lived in dirt. Like, a lot of them lived out in the boonies. And it is a very, it's it's a very interesting dynamic. When you benefit from your first world privileges um, and, and also lighter skin. Like, I'm significantly lighter than a lot of my family members there. And, uh, that's, that's, this is, this is family. So it's like, we're all this in the same, we're all supposed to be the same because we're in the same family, but our experiences are stark contrast to each other. Um, and even then I felt inappropriate, like being, being in, in where they are, but like, I should, I should, you know. It's my family. I should meet them and all that, experience all that. Um, but God, it just gets really messy. What? Are, this is this is really heavy. This is a, kind of a heavy topic. I don't even know what my whole point was, other than to say that I like bougie shit. And uh, when I go traveling, traveling, I typically want to go on vacations and I want to relax. And the stuff that brings me joy is really basic shit, like being on the beach. If I travel, every time I travel, if it always involves being lazy on the beach, a lot of drinking and a lot of eating, that's how I like to experience culture is by eating and drinking amongst like people who actually live there. There I go with another burp. Um, eating and drinking is how I like to experience culture. And, uh, if that's all I do for the rest of my life, everywhere I go, that's fine. That's fine. I'm okay with that. What am I trying to prove? You know, it's like, sorry, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to, uh, deep in the jungles of anywhere (laughs) in the rainforests and deserts and mountains and stuff like that. Like what? I can't even remember what I had for breakfast yesterday. So even when I've gone on retreats. So, okay. So I host retreats um, for when I had fitness clients. That was something that I did. And I still and I still want to do it. I'm still going to be doing them. But um, as fantastic of experiences that they are like there's I I there we have so much fun it is hard to relay the feeling there's there's no way you just have to be there because you're in a a new place everything is exciting you're with fun people and you're laughing all day 
um, and there's great food and a lot of amazing energy because you're just so happy and excited and thrilled to not be at home um, in the monotony of, of the day-to-day. And uh, even though it's just like, you know, you immerse yourself fully, as soon as I get back to the States or where, you know, from wherever, I, it's almost like it never happened because my, you know, your memory is just specific to the immediate, like the sensations of that joy that, you know, the bliss that you feel on vacation and everything that you do during that trip, you're just like, you know, your life back home is so far away. And so the opposite happens when you get home or the, you know, the reverse is true. When you get home, all of that seems so far away and like a dream. Like I went to Santorini uh, in September and it was magical. There's, There's no other way to put it. There were so many great experiences that I wish I could play it back and, and, and have, and convey how like wonderful it all was. Um, but it's impossible. You had to have been there. Uh, and I forgot a lot of it already. Like I, I met up with people who went with me, um, when I was in Seattle and they were talking about stuff and I, they're recalling some things and I completely forgotten about the very, you know, the, the same things I was raving about at the time, you know? Um, so yeah, so that's my other tangent. I have no idea what my point was in bringing that up, but vacations, bro. Love them. Can't wait to go on my next one. A happy dog brings me joy. And I think I hear, I think I hear her at the door. So that means... And it's not that I lock her out, okay, when I'm doing the hot podcast. It's just because she likes to go in and out, and she just happens to go out right before I record, because she knows. So I'm going to let her in. I'm going to start doing some fun mukbangs on my YouTube channel. So if you're into that sort of thing, tune in, subscribe, like my videos, do all that stuff, help me out. I'm going to shoot... Um, I'm going to do a noodle, the spicy noodle challenge. I got those, those damn noodles. They're, they're sitting there waiting. I'll do them, uh, eventually and you'll get to watch me sweat. So look forward to that premium content, guys. I like food. What can I say? Uh, yeah. So you could watch the video version of this podcast on my YouTube channel I also created an Instagram for this podcast, so follow at Girl Eats Worldcast on Instagram. You could follow me at Tina Bites. So much plugging happening, going on. Follow, follow, follow. It's a love-hate thing, isn't it? It's like, it's necessary. We gotta promote our shit, but it also is just real corny too. Everything looks the same on social media, you guys. And it's like, oh, speaking of beauty standards. So I know I'm trying to wrap up the show, but then now I'm like going back. Speaking of beauty standards, standards and seeing images all the time and then wanting to replicate them. So even if you don't intellectually believe in, you know, whatever it is that media is telling you, you can't help but internalize that and then like try to match up with that that's just our our you know 
um, one of these things is not like the other. Like f- since we were kids, we were taught and this is how we are. We recognize patterns and we try to match them up, right? We want to fit in all that stuff. It, it, it shows up everywhere. Same thing with social media. All, all the most popular social media accounts all kind of look the same. And I, it's like, I get it. I get it because there's an accepted aesthetic specific to different um, topics and industries, but it becomes so predictable. I mean, everything is pink. I love pink like that millennial pink, but like everything is like pink and everything is kind of going to sort of pop art or like touching on a little bit of kind of a vintage font faces, but more modern, like a little 70s kind of curve or um, yeah, like 90s pop kind of bright colors and stuff. It's just so, and then illustrations that are quirky. Everything looks the fucking same. And I apologize in advance if my shit ever starts looking like that. Um, it's like I want to I wanna have a strike a balance between being very realistic, like real life with just a light little filter, a little light filter. But, you know, we don't got to do photo shoots, but at the same time we kind of do because it's like, we don't have enough shit to post, so you gotta, like, shoot shit in bulk and then have stuff to post. It's just, like, a really a gross necessity now. Just It's just an ugly, ugly truth, I guess. I don't know. That was a really weird last-minute tangent. Um, there'll probably be more to come of that because that's the line of work that I'm in also. So, you know, that's the dilemma here. Till next time, guys, stay hungry.